start with the premise that by and large, everybody wants to do the right thing. They just don't know what the right thing is. And it's not like there's some book that says, oh, by the way, buy this book, here's the right thing. Recognized as one of the 10 most powerful women in the business of sports, Donna Orender. I met her years ago at a major conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where she delivered a keynote address. I still got those notes to this day that I reference. Who's Donna? Commissioner for the WNBA for six years. Uh, led them to double-digit growth across all key metrics, even in the fallout of the 08 recession. She got her start playing in the WBL, where she achieved all-star status. There's only one of 20 women to play in all three seasons. Captain the 1985 U.S. women's basketball team, in the Maccabi Games in Israel. Prior to the WNBA, she spent 17 years at the PGA Tour as a senior executive in the office of the commissioner. Uh, most recently, she's founded Orinder Unlimited, Generation W, Generation WOW. All these organizations fight to empower women across the world. Donna is a leader, not just in the sports industry. Uh, her work uh, transcends sports uh, and can impact any organization, any talent leader. So that's why I had to talk to her. We talked about a bunch of stuff in this episode. We talked about leadership. We talked about the future of work. We talked about purpose and how important that is to young people today in our workforce, especially at a time when everybody's complaining about workers being, you know, lazy. Let's bring it in. How has the last year been for you? How has COVID impacted your work? Um... It's been, it, you know, it's been interesting. We have been able to lean into COVID in a way. Um, certainly our not-for-profit work had even more applicability and relevance than before. The work that we did, people were like, oh my God, this is really what we need. And so we flipped early to delivering digital content. And so for our, not only for our women, our community, but also for girls and mentorship. So it's been busy. It's been really busy. I, I was listening to a podcast you were on uh, the other day, just as I was flipping through and you made a comment on one, I can't remember which one, but you had said something like the world tells us every single day, you said something, you know, who's worth yeah. more than uh, who's worth more than, and who's worth less than. And Correct. during, like during the last year for me in my business, I've noticed that, you know, Companies show that with who they cut, who they keep, who they invest in. You know, correct. Uh, how can leader how, like how can how can a leader do better? How can a manager do better? How can a coach do better? Like, what are the action steps today that you're sharing with people as they try to think about these topics? Uh, it's funny. I just got off a <clears throat> an hour call with um, our College of Health here at. Uh, Florida, UNF, talking about some of these issues. And you know, you, you start with the premise that by and large, everybody wants to do the right thing. They just don't know what the right thing is. And it's not like there's some book that says, oh, by the way, buy this book, here's the right thing. If it was, we'd all be doing that, right? And we wouldn't all be kind of um, searching as much as we are in difficult times because being a good leader is having a sense of self-awareness, of course, understanding where your own biases can lie, which determines how you look at the world and interact with people, 
Um, and then what is your own personal style, if you will, in bringing those people along? And I have found, I, I remember being, as a kid, people would always say, you know, what, treat people as you would like to be treated. And I believe that. But I also realized that I couldn't expect people to do what I did. That's right, you know, you model behavior. You do want to model behavior. But at the same time, everybody has different expectations of behavior and different cultural styles. Um, it's like coaching a team. It used to be John Wooden said, here's the rules. You will wear these kind of sneakers, you'll wear these kind of shorts, your hair, and you will do this. But now it's more like saying, okay, who are you? And you know, what are you all about? And how do I get the most out of you? And there's consistency in that, but there's also a greater openness to individuality. And then how do you take in, and, and, the, and the, I think one of the challenges is, is taking all of that individuality and then constructing a culture that is consistent, that has respect, that has understanding. Um, I, think, I think that's challenging these days. And even tougher, I think during COVID, it was interesting to see how connected we are, but how disconnected. Well, totally. That, I mean, that's, and that's our work. Generation W is all about educating, inspiring, connecting women, girls, and the communities in which they live. Men are, and it's all inclusive. So men are included. Um, and when we do our mentorship leadership work with our teen girls, truthfully, what we're teaching them to develop leadership skills is the power of connection. And so all of a sudden, right, it's taken away in the way that we've known it, in a way that we've never quite valued as much as we needed to. And it was yet one more of those spotlights on things that we need to learn moving forward in terms of what's important. You know, what's, you know, who's a valued worker in our, mar in our marketplace these days? All of that switched, didn't it? Yeah. Our teachers, right? Our, fr our frontline hospital workers. With all, of, with all due respect to all of the controversy, the people that keep us safe, our police officers. Right, all of a sudden, we're all, all of those professions are supermarket baggers and checkers. Right. I, I thought, I, I still think it's a stunning time. I can't believe it's been a year. Um, and I still, and I feel like some of this is already foreign memories and you don't want them to be that. You want them to stay present. How do we, how do we keep these lessons present? So it isn't like, okay, let's just turn the switch on, oh, back. If you will. People that were laid off and now are going to be coming back. What what at, at the WNBA you, you had to you were I'm tackling a lot of challenges as Every you day. built that. Any rec, like, what should leaders be thinking about today on that front? Um, I, I, I I'm a big believer in trying to identify uh, and connecting around a belief system. What do we all collectively believe in? That's bigger than ourselves. I mean, I think we all wanna be the best we can be, but at the same time, um, where does that fit into my purpose in life? Right? Wherever I go, that's what people wanna know. Like, where, where's my purpose? How do I find my passion? Um, I think a lot of it comes from connectivity and being, part of, and being part of the human race. And then you connect around what you believe in, what's important to you, and you act upon that as a group. Mm -hmm. Are there any, any things that, um, again, I think management has changed. I know for, even for me, just being in the tech space, the way you run meetings, the way you keep people connected, you had to do a lot more. Like you had, to, I have to do a lot more to almost be even. What can we be doing every day or what should we be doing that you've seen 
Um, well, I, I think the conversations I have with a lot of my friends who are running variety sizes of companies is the challenge to keep connected and keep communicating. Right now, communication is great, but it come with what comes. What's important with communications is developing a, is trust. Depending on you know, there are organizations that go on and on and on. They're so big, um, and they're ones that are smaller. I, I'm tending to think now the smaller ones are as challenging in their own way, because they demand so much more of you personally in a, in, a, in a different context. But that said, it's really about getting. It's, it's providing a message that's clear, um, that's understandable, uh, and that's actionable. And that's most importantly consistent. Now, consistency is tough. It's not like you want, it's not like people are trying to give different messages all the time, even though we inadvertently do that. Um, it's more about being able to set a course and stay with it. But when it changes to be able to then communicate that as well. And life changes all the time. It's not about, this is not about being, you know, making um, changes just because we like to make change. I think that the marketplace is demanding that we are responsive more than we've ever had before, right? We didn't yeah. have an internet, right? We didn't have algorithms like we have now. We didn't have this incredible instantaneous reporting back in our faces that are always requiring reactions or feels that way. And that, I think that keeps people on edge. I think... I think uh, social media keeps us more on edge than we and 24 hour news cycles than we are giving the whole communication industry credit for. Tell me more about that. Okay, have you ever watched whether it be CNN, Fox News, right? And at the bottom, they've been doing this forever, breaking news. By the way, everything is breaking news. If you really, if you can get really quiet and pay attention to your body, it, it puts you on an alarm. Oh my God, there's breaking news. What does that mean? Uh, there was a distinct difference when um, we had our different president who was making news every, every minute with something. I found that I was on edge. And when I finally shut it off, I could feel myself calm down. So I have the choice of how to bring that news into me, right? Whether it's on my television or it's in my pocket on my phone or it's some tablet or my computer. Even on your computer, think about it. You're reading, you're doing some work and constantly, if you're scheduled this way, and I don't know anyone who isn't, there's constant notifications, right? Each one of them diverts your attention, makes different somatic you know, impact, biological impact on your body. It's, it's a lot, it's a yeah. lot. I don't think we pay attention to that enough other than now what we're hearing is the importance of sleep and mindfulness and meditation. I think that's all a counter counteraction, counterreaction, if you will, to this constant flow of stimuli that's saying, see me, see me, see me, see me, pay attention to me. Because really the real economy is an attention economy. I love kicking, I kick off Zoom meetings with our team. I started saying, for the next 30 minutes, can we make Slack stock price go down based off like, let's lower the usage on every other technology except for what we're in like right now, when I was playing sports growing up, I remember coach saying, be where your feet are. Right. This right. meeting is the most important meeting I'm doing right now, right here. And yet as a manager, it's tough. It's a coach, right. and, it's tough. And, and, feel, and think about the anxiety that that costs, right? You can feel it in your body. Oh my God. 
we are so conditioned now. I, I need to have my phone in my hand. Oh, I'm going to get a text of some sort. I need, I need to respond to that person. And you think, why? It's funny, like I love podcasts and I love all of that. And I sometimes wonder how do people fit all, how do you fit in all the consumption of all this media? And they go, when I walk. And I'm like, when I walk, I want to be in the place where my feet are and my ears are. I, I would love to add that as another additive as a woman, you know, as women, we always want to check multiple boxes when we do something, we're great multitaskers. I want to hear the wind. I want to hear a car go by, right? If there's a little kid screeching, I want to hear myself. And there's such little time to do it. And so if I feel, I feel like if I put a podcast in my ears all the time, then I'm never giving that, that quiet, myself that quiet time. And again, in this attention economy, we need more quiet time. Totally, hundred percent. In your in your in your experience or your work, you mentioned John Wooden earlier. Um, mentioned your perspective on. You also played for great coaches over the years, right? I mean, what do we need our coaches to do better today? And by coach, I obviously mean parents, youth sports, high school sports, college, uh, and managers. Like, what what do we need out of the coaches that lead people every day? Well, more than I, ever. I, I mean, I, listen. I think many of our coaches are not prepared um, or have been coached in the command and control style, especially a lot of male coaches I've seen. And so therefore they become command and control coaches. That's not where our kids are and that's not the world that we're living in, in right now. If in fact our job as coaches, and that's debatable, right, today? I am a coach at a university that has a, you know, $100 or $50 million budget. Am I pay, being paid to coach to win or am I being paid to coach to develop young men or young female athletes? Now, you would hope that making them better athletes would also align with winning. Yeah, you would think that it would, but, but, but so many of the social emotional learning skills that kids need at that developmental age um, are not being delivered by these coaches. They're just, it's yeah. just not, it's brutal, especially division one scholarship athletes. And I see a spillover effect of that. Once you get young people into jobs where maybe they weren't, um, taught how to fail effectively or it, you know, I, I just wonder about that. I mean, do you have any perspective on failure? I know, or um, what, what, what I, what, maybe like, this is the question as a, like as a father and someone who wants to raise a daughter who is going to, um, you know, experience success in whatever form or shape that is, you know, what are the things I need to be doing to make sure that she has the best opportunity? that she learns to be self-reliant. That ultimately, you know, answers are in connection, but a lot of that has to come from her. And so we have to teach, you know, I, I love that saying, which it says, it doesn't many, matter how many times you fall down, it just matters that you get back up. And so we're not saying don't fall down. We're saying, yeah, go, you can fall down, get back up get back up. And I, and I just think that that's so important. 
And um, we want to love our kids. We feel like we're in competition with other parents to make sure our kids get to the place, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, um, we are not doing them any favors by sheltering them to the point where they don't de develop self-reliance and another incredibly important characteristic, which is resilience. There's a muscle, you can develop the muscle that says, if I fall down, I can get back up again. If I fail, I can try again. If I make a mistake, I can do this again and not make a mistake the next time. All those things are possible and necessary. Show me somebody who doesn't make a mistake at least once a day, twice a day, three times yep. a day, who hasn't had a misjudgment, had misspoken. All those things happen all the time. And, you know, they garner a variety of different reactions depending on where you are, the stakes that they are, right? Some failure feels insurmountable or that you will be hiding under your bed for the rest of your life. But the truth of the matter is, by and large, you get through it. And the ability to develop the muscle that teaches you, that allows you to draw on that well, that reserve of resilience is life-saving. And I think produces success. Sure. I only have one final question and we're asking everybody about hope. And uh, in, insofar as like your hope, what's your hope for the future of work? Oh, you know, the hope for the future of work. I think work is defining. Work is a place that we find value, where we test our limits, where we can deliver promise and value to somebody else. Um, my, my, my hope for work is that we find the work that we can contribute to, that it is a place that we can elevate ourselves at the same time, elevate others. And, and, I, and I wanna say that it doesn't mean that everybody's working for a not-for-profit and helping poor children. Um, I once went and spoke to the female engineers at General Mills. So all these women ran plants and, and we had this discussion. And you know, some of them were in the Cheerios factory. And I said, how many times have you gone out and met people who ate Cheerios? or even talked about what Cheerios does for the health of a family or the, the table in which they gather around. And they said, we've never done that. So sometimes, you know, my, in order to realize that hope, there's a proactive need, not only by an employee, but a management team, which brings us back to the leadership where we started to really connect us to the why. I always like Simon, right? The why of what we do. And there's so many whys of what we do. And I've, I've said this often when I worked at the PGA Tour, which I loved, I didn't go to work, even though it was my mission to make our players more money. And we did consistently, but I didn't go there thinking, oh, I have to make Tiger Woods more money because I knew in the process of making our players more money, we actually made communities better. And that made me get up every single morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think it's always in the work that you can do and it can be in the daily details. It can be connecting with a coworker that you really like partnering with and doing something better today than you did yesterday. 
there's, I, I think that, I think again, work, work is so valuable to furthering our society. Um, and at the core of that, elevating ourselves. Donna, thank you for taking some time. All right, Sam, if I could be of help with you anyway, don't hesitate, okay? Thank you. Totally, thank you. Thanks, Donna, take care. Now, I had a bunch of takeaways here, so I hope you're okay with me rattling them off. Being where your feet are. It's a powerful concept. We all think about it. How many people are multitasking through meetings and throughout their day? But real leaders in tomorrow's workforce got to wrap their heads around this concept today. We have to be where our feet are. Coaches who only work in a command and control style are the ones that are maybe not quite getting through to people as well as they should. She also talked about self-reliance. And as a new parent, I believe in this one. We gotta be able to allow our people to process failure in a certain way. When Donna said, go ahead, fall down, then get back up, I think every organization should inject that into their talent strategy. The best coaches help people find their purpose. They develop others. And like Donna, they're, they're consistently focused on the outcome, but not at the sacrifice of the things that it takes to get them there. That's why she talked about connections, why she talked about why she talked about connections, why she talked about treating people as you would like to be treated. So thank you, Donna, for joining us for this episode. You know, I reached out to Donna. She was in right away, wanted to be involved, uh, especially around this topic of future of work, especially at this moment in work. We got an action-packed lineup here the second half of the year. We've been talking at One Huddle about the fact that, you know, Q3 kicks off the second half of 2021. And if, as an organization, you are committed to winning 2021, you have to act a certain way, you have to behave a certain way. Uh, We got a bunch of guests joining us over the next few weeks that have that front and center are going to be talking about topics that are directly relevant to you winning the second half of 2021. So we're dropping a bunch of episodes every week. Jaime's running full speed, aren't you, Jaime? Uh, yeah. So we're, 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 we don't stop here. So we're excited for all to come here in the second half of the year. Now, what do I say, Jaime? Back to work. Back to work. Back to work. <laughs>